This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Buongiorno, benvenuto in Packer e Durham. Ah, uh, it's a bit early for that, isn't it? You're already there. It's Tuesday. No, there. I'm not there yet. You're already but there. But I can see the finish line. Yeah, you can. That I can guarantee you. The right, finish gonna... line for the trip or the finish line? Uh, yes. <laughs> just, just in general. Just in general. How about that? <laughs> It'd be good. Uh, yeah. By the way, we're still streaming live on the ESPN app. You got the number at 844-SAY-ACCN. Uh, Mark Packer. Wes Durham. Good morning. Chester with a cut. What in the world? I mean, you said yesterday it was going to be bad day day and night, and it is because my man is is back to being just another dog on the street. He is a skinhead today. Oh, what happened? Chester. He lost about 17 pounds of hair, and he is not happy about it. So. Lumps and bumps, and uh, he'll be a a furball by the time we start the football season. That's how it goes. Summer cut. And he's 13? 13. It'll be 14 August 1st. Is that right? That's it. Uh, They got to knock him out. Sedative. It's just uh, not good. (laughs) Not good. All right. Got a nice show today. Uh, Melanie Welch is going to be here at 830. She is a grad student who plays for Acacia Walker Weinstein's BC team that is in the uh, quarterfinals of the Women's Lacrosse Championship against Northwestern. Let me add this about Melanie Welch. She is the defensive stopper. So we've had Charlotte North on this program, Bell Smith on this program, you know, players, goal scorers, right? Now we're going to go to the other end of the field. Melanie Welch will be here. Megan Tyrell, who's got 75 goals. Speaking of scoring. She's a scorer. She will be here at uh, 9-15. She plays for Kayla Trainer. She's, by the way, four goals away. From Kayla's single season record. Oh, we'll have to talk about that. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that. And then John Rittman, of course, who's been with us several times before. Clemson is a landmark softball program in that in just really, what, two full seasons, they are now hosting their first regional this weekend in women's softball at uh, McWhorter. Yeah, so. been to two ACC title games, mm-hmm. now get a chance to host for the very first time. He's done a great job. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking forward to Coach Rittman's visit at 930. Uh, lots of schedule talk today. You guys have been terrific answering uh, our social media posts. What three do you want to see in the ACC's possible new three-five-five ACC football schedule? So we're going to jump into that here pretty quick, too. Before we do, however, yesterday we got offbeat for about a segment. One segment. And you were bragging about uh, this band of yours, Liquid Pleasure. Which I've never heard of before. Kenny Man and Liquid Pleasure. Right. That's right. And you saw him at Elon. No, got... no, no. No, I've seen him in Chapel Hill about a dozen times. Okay. And they, they played at Elon. Yeah, years ago they did. I did not see that particular show, but they've been at Elon. They've been everywhere. Gentleman called, said he played some prom over the weekend. Some guy called. Private school they, in Raleigh. Said they were in a strawberry festival. He saw Wallace, them. North Carolina. Home of ML Carr, by the way, the great Boston Celtic. All right. So, yesterday... I get a text from my sister, Liz, <laughs> who on the side is working on weddings. She's doing a big, huge wedding this weekend in Asheville. Liz, by the way, the uh, matriarch of the Packer kids. Yeah. She is in charge now. Yeah, is she not in charge? Well, ask her. She'll tell you. What about uh, Brant? You and Brant acknowledge Liz's... We don't acknowledge Liz, period. 
supremacy and authority over you two? Uh, nothing. That's what I would say. Nothing but. All right. So I get this text <laughs> from, from Liz. Liz. I'm going to read it verbatim. Liz watching the show? Just, just grab me a cup of coffee. Go ahead. Says, uh, the big weekend is here for the wedding. Now, she's been planning this wedding in Nashville for, I don't know, six months, eight months. Family months. members? No, no, no. Places. These some big wigs. They're spending a buku of cash. So she says, um, the band that I have hired happens to be Liquid Pleasure. Boom. Wait a minute. That's right. Wait a minute. She said, uh, that you, she goes, the band that happens to be Liquid Pleasure that you and Wes bantered about today, meaning yesterday, on your show. The leader of the band has been killing me with texts that you, meaning me, do not know who Kenny Mann and Liquid Pleasure are. <clears throat> you must apologize tomorrow, meaning today, yeah. live on the air. Mm-hmm. You're costing me big money up here in Asheville. Too funny, small world. Liquid Pleasure's motto, the more you drink... The better we sound. The better we sound. That's exactly right. She said, I bet Wes doesn't know this. Wrong. Wes does know this. Mm-hmm. So, Liquid Pleasure. Kenny Mann. Kenny Mann. Let me look at it. Let me look at it right here in camera three. I, like Kenny Chesney, when he walked in my radio studio years ago, I said, let me just tell you right up front, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> Kenny Mann. This is a, me to you, like Kenny Chesney, I still have no idea who you are, but man, I'll tell you what, you better get paid up front if you're involving my sister this weekend in Nashville. <laughs> you better get it cold, hard cash right up front. You say, I'm not playing a single note, Liz Packers dash Kimberly, until you show me the money. All right, so there it is. If you want to count that Lizzie as an apology, that would be it. Pay the man up front. I know you can afford it, given all the money that's being spent in Nashville this weekend. So there it is, Kenny, man. I thought you'd Where's like this that. this wedding at Biltmore House? Uh, it's, it's a big deal. Man, seriously. It's, it's stupid money. Last time you wore tux was an event liz had let me think uh that would be accurate true yeah, yeah. c c c it. Yeah. c so c got your hand slapped by your sister you get slapped I, now if that's what she wants his apology there it is can you mean get paid up front cash money no credit cards nothing just cold hard cash there it is oh. liquid pleasure I got two or three texts yesterday saying way to stand up for the people's band. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I still don't know who they are. If they knocked on the door right now, I'd have With no the idea. Box who they of are. pizzas, the great Packer line. I say it all the time. You ring my doorbell, the box of pizzas, I'd have no idea who he is. Yeah. But they must be great. Yeah, oh, they're unbelievable. They're your, right down your alley. In fact, I, I sent Casey a picture of Liquid Pleasure. There's Kenny Mann right there. That's the guy, huh? That's Kenny Mann. That's that, the guy I just apologized. He's the one that needs to get the cash up front. That's Kenny. That's my parents' fiftieth wedding anniversary party. That's Hey Woody over Vicky's right you shoulder. Think I can get a blazer like that, Kenny? Kenny got some. Huh? Kenny got some wares now. Kenny used to do. Uh, Kenny and Liquid Pleasure would come do. Uh, know, where's Vicky's other hand? I don't like that. She's guy. hugging Kenny, man. I can see his expression. Kenny is a big Vicky fan. Is that right? Yeah. Who is it? Well, that's true too. It's amazing. 
Wes, this your wife? How has that happened? Wes, is your wife? Please excuse us. <laughs> exactly. Excuse a lot me. of that happened at Amelia last oh, week. Believe me. For both of us. <laughs> Another feeling. Excuse me. Mark, this is your wife? Pat, could you go get us something to drink? Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, so there you go. There it is. I figured you liked that. That's funny. Yeah. Sorry, right, Kenny. Got your marching orders. Kenny Man, he gave my dad a tour jacket one time. They had a tour jacket, big black. Like Strawberry letter. festivals? No, 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 no. said Liquid Pleasure Band. Bingo on the back. parlors? It had my dad's name on it. It was awesome. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, it was the best. Kenny called my dad one time. We can get one of those. Yeah, Kenny called my dad one time. They were in the same town where Carolina was playing, and Kenny called and said, Hey, Woody, band's in town. You think we can find four tickets to the game? No. Got four. He, he dropped it? He dropped his name to get four tickets? No, Kenny called my dad to see if my dad could find them four tickets. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure he did. Wow. Kenny, you really got to get paid up front. There you go. I'm telling you. That's funny stuff. Um, all right. The ACC, tomorrow is a big day in terms of not just for the ACC, but for college football, to be honest with you, because the Division I Council can ratify the recommendation to remove divisions in order to crown conference champions. They're going to do football. that. Sure they are. That's going to happen. It's a paperwork deal, That's in my opinion. But they got to take a vote, and they got to have somebody do the minutes and move on. Have a on subcommittee meeting, bring in donuts. That's it. We're good to go. So when that happens – It'll be a green light for the Atlantic Coast Conference if they want to move forward. And all indications are, despite the hesitation of two or three, do they have the 11 votes? I, I think they do. Now, that's just me saying that without counting heads in the room, okay? To potentially, in 2023, go to the 355 model. So the real hook in the 355 is that your school will have three opponents they're going to play every year. Then five will be the other conference rotation. And remember now, I was reminded of this yesterday by somebody who said, and don't forget, there are five other schools that are going to buy Notre Dame that year too. That's right. So you're going to get three. You're going to have five. You're going to potentially get five of them are going to have Notre Dame. And then the next year you'll play the five you don't play the previous year. And it'll be an even odd situation. And the ACC spent a lot of time not only working on the models, but they've worked on the mechanics of how it would work too. Basically, in the span of a four-year cycle, you're going to play everybody home and away. That's it. And that's a positive, quite I think frankly. It is. And I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a huge upgrade versus your current situation. Right. And I think the other aspect about it is, and you touched on this yesterday, it allows the Atlantic Coast Conference the best possible opportunity – to create television inventory that's appointment television week to week in terms of matchups. Yeah, it, to me, it's a win-win for the fans, for the players, and for your television partner. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand what the downside to this would be at all. Right. Now, I get the argument about some coaches still want to have divisions. I get all that. Mm -hmm. But as far as the scheduling part goes, to me, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. It really is. It no. seems pretty easy. I'm with you on that. So – we posed a question yesterday on social media. We sent it out there. Which three schools do you want your team to play in this scheduling scenario? And the responses have been fantastic. We also want to get to phone calls today at 844-SAY-ACCN. I've been really kind of impressed with some of the logic users. Here's what we sent out. Best answers will be featured on tomorrow's show, tomorrow being today. So... We're going to get into some of this, and we want to get into your calls as well. But not just the three, but give me why the three. Because I think there are some folks, Mark, who understand 
hypothetically that the ACC schools are not going to play each other and call it even. That's just not going to happen. That, that scenario is not going to work itself out. you got to think in a bigger box. And you also have to be willing, key element here, you also have to be willing to break with tradition a little bit. If you've played somebody for 100 and X years, and let's say you've played two teams like that, chances are you're not going to get both those teams. You may have to say, okay, we'll keep school X, but we're willing to part with Y. Here's Hunter Epperly. Hunter says between, or he says number one for Virginia Tech would be Miami. Been a great rivalry since we both were the Big East powerhouse teams. Continues to be back and forth year in, year out. UNC, things are heating up. I believe it's mostly due to a lot of in-state talent going to North Carolina. And three is Virginia. I agree with all those. Yeah. Now, that would be great if that worked out for Virginia Tech. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. If I was the czar of the ACC, and I'm not, Yeah. I would say that would be the three for Virginia Tech. Okay. Um, let's go to Robin, the new girl, it says on That's Twitter. That's not Robin the Duke fan. No, it's not. This is at Robin Knows Real Estate, I think. Better yet. Um, <laughs> Robin, you may want to DM Packer on some options. All right. As an NC State grad and Triangle resident, I'd like to see a return to the Big Four. Not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And see, that's what I mean by you got to be willing to break from the tradition. As much as that makes sense, that's not balanced in a bigger picture. It was balanced when it was nine or eight or seven teams. It's not balanced in this world. Yeah, if your answer today calling in the show is, hey, I'm a North Carolina fan. I want to play everybody on Tobacco Road. Right. I got news for you. That will not be approved. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Hunter is a Wake Forest fan. And Thomas Hunter sent one in that says, as a Wake fan, he'd like to see UNC, NC State, and BC, and it's the only right answer. Well, wrong. It may, Thomas, you may get two, but your third may not be who you want. For instance, you may get UNC. But you might not get NC State, and BC might be swapped for somebody else. You may only get one of those. Just the way it is. You know, uh, we threw up yesterday, and I, I had the whole thing with the whole page with all 14 from The Athletic. They mm-hmm. tried to figure this thing yeah. out. And I said, I'll give you $100 if you can spot the typo. By the way, there was no typo. So if everybody recorded that and you spent time, the smart people in Bristol had zero typos yesterday. So if you tried to waste whatever it was, there was no typos. But nevertheless, uh, the one thing that I jumped out and told you that they had – I I thought Florida State and Georgia Tech should be the team. Should play each other. Yeah. I I know one of them was like Virginia-Georgia Tech. I was like, that game game doesn't do anything for me. Right. I mean, of the combinations you can have. I do think Florida State-Georgia Tech makes a ton of sense. I said that to you yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, I was surprised going through these because people bombarded us with their selections, which is great, uh, of how many Florida State fans had Georgia Tech on their list. So we were all kind of thinking the same thing with all that. Yeah, I think that, <clears throat> in fact, I believe in the history with Clemson and Georgia Tech, as you know, is long and extensive. It is. I mean, really long. It wasn't until the 1960s that Georgia Tech left Atlanta and went to Clemson to play for the first time. Right. I mean, so that's serious. I got tired of going down to Atlanta and losing to them Bobby boys. Bobby Dodd and taking my boys to Atlanta. Man, how many times y'all come to Clemson? Never. Going in that nonsense. 
That's what happened. He got tired of going down there. He did. The play, at least. Exactly. Yeah, for the game. Yes. Yeah. There were other things he didn't mind going at all. Keep your mouth shut, Wes. Okay, so we're going to get into this. 844-SAY-ACCN. Don't forget, tag Packer and Durham. You can hit Mark and I, tag ACC Network, send us your thoughts. Uh, When we come back, we get this show underway. We had incredible interviews at Amelia Island. And one was with the commissioner, Jim Phillips. We you, talked about. And you'll want to watch it here because you yeah, won't be able to find it. Not available ESPN. really anywhere else. So you're going to want to see some of it. Uh, he talks about the permanent opponents and the scheduling models when we come back after this. This is the Packer and Durham podcast. Packer and Durham. My sister's already bothering me with text. Apology accepted, apparently. We're good to go with Kenny Liquid Pleasure for the weekend up in Asheville. Show me the money. The more you drink, the better we sound. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. 844-SAY-ACCN. And uh, we will accept your phone calls today on this particular topic. And you can call in representing any school you want and say, hey, listen, I represent X. The three I want permanently are A, B, and C. That's kind of what we're looking for and justify why. Uh, Let's get to the commissioner from last week's visit at Amelia Island. Remember, Dan Radakovich had told us that they started with better than 60 different models, right? Yep. And it could have gotten convoluted with pods and rotations. And, you know, I don't know, a lot of you work in logistics. How many watch the show that are logistics folks? But that's essentially what this becomes is a logistics drill, right? So they start with 60 models and they end up with two. They happen to both be in the 355 rotation. They're two different little algorithms to it. And so we'll see what they come up with. But here's Jim Phillips talking about the need to look at this scheduling mechanism as it relates to football. I asked everyone 16 months ago to be patient with the new commissioner because he would ask why we did certain things and not in a judgmental way just more from an educational standpoint and I think things like scheduling football scheduling this particular instance should be reflected on Um, and where we've gone in the past maybe is where we go in the future or maybe we take a turn and so listening over the last 12 months or so I could feel that you know, we weren't getting to different places. Schools weren't getting up north from down south and vice versa. Um, and th- that leads to some really nice rivalries, et cetera, because you play similar teams year in, year out. Uh, but then as we started to kind of go through it and objectively look at it, it started to kind of get some momentum. And in the end, I think there's some really good possibilities with this new potential model. And we'll do what the membership wants. So I want to listen to the coaches and ultimately the ADs will decide uh, and I've tried to lead them objectively in, in some of these discussions. But a chance for our student-athletes to play every school within a four-year period, kind of cool, right? Yep. Um, a chance to create some new rivalries, a chance to create uh, maybe some, some newer marquee games, some programs that maybe when we started the current schedule weren't as, maybe as competitive as they are now. Uh, so I, I think the, the discussion's been really healthy. I think there's movement to go in that direction. We do want to talk to our TV partners. Uh, I don't know if you'll ever please everybody in a room of 14. I know that coming from a family of 10, right? That just was impossible. 
eventually mom and dad, have, you know, made the decision. So uh, it was, it's really, I think, important for us to continue to look at ways creatively that may make some sense that is also good for the fans. Yeah. Agree a trillion percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy's got a great leadership, great vision of what the league's <laughs> all about, what college sports is all about. Anybody that says otherwise is nothing more than a blowhard. Uh, that guy's a smart dude. And I love the 355 deal. I really do. Yeah. I think it's spot on. Uh, let's get some of your calls. 844-SAY-ACCN. Uh, Kermit in North Carolina. Kermit, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? We're great, good, man. Appreciate the call. I'm, I am a old school traditionalist big four guy but i do like the i'm a state guy but i do like the carolina wake and clemson but here's my wish i wish all four of the ad's from the big four schools would play each other in non-conference games because i'm telling you we never play duke anymore in football it seems i had a lot rather go down the road 20 minutes to play duke in a non-conference game than to play Mark Packer's roast beef steak coon dog hunters. And I just, you know, there is a solution there, and it's, it is the non-conference route. And I just wish State and Duke would play in football some more. And that's my comment. I, I love you, Steve. Thank you, man. Thank you, Kermit. I appreciate that one, very much. I agree with you, but it's roast beef A&M, not roast beef <laughs> State. It's roast beef A&M. We we bought our way to A and M. Great, we did. Okay, uh, but I like that idea. And you know, when North Carolina and Wake Forest decided to play each other in a non-conference perspective, I mean, there were a lot of people outside the ACC footprint that say, "Well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." No, it's not. It's not dumb at all. Mm-hmm. I would much rather, if I was a fan of School X, I would much rather play a non-conference opponent right. where I've got some juice in the game, where I'm going to see somebody at the water, as I call it, water cooler games on Monday, where you can't wait to see your buddy and rag him a little bit, as opposed to, hey, we're playing you know, roast beef A&M, where you're like, okay, great, we wrote them a check, they come in here, they get beat 54-7, whatever. Right. Right? It's a weekend I can probably pass on if I was looking to get away from college football. But if you go play... If you're somebody on Tobacco Road right. and you don't get this rotation, because you're not going to get all three. All, they're not all going to play each other. No, you're but, not getting that. But if you're going to play somebody from a non-conference perspective and NC State doesn't have Duke on the permanent rotation. You're going to get them every other year. I get that. I mean, it, that's why I like the 3-5-5. Yeah. Five. I really and there are going to be some years where you may play, and this is the salvo for the traditionalist, and this is why it works. Okay, so Kermit's a State fan. He wants – Carolina, Duke, and Wake in a perfect world, but he knows he's not getting it, right? So some of you have tweeted in and given us ideas of like, okay, well, maybe Duke and Carolina and NC State in the mix, and then all of a sudden you op one in or something like that. That's possible. But you're going to get an outlier, but what you don't get, you're going to get in the rotation. And right. you're going to – here's the beauty of it. You're going to get it a lot faster than you did. Right. In a this, lot faster. In the span of a four-year period. You're going to see them twice. If you miss Duke, yeah. if you're an NC State fan in years past, mm-hmm. you will now get Duke coming to Carter-Finley, and you get to go to Wallace Wade Outdoor Stadium in the span of four years. Right. Now, you may not get them every year, but you get them in two of the four years. That, that's why I think this is a total no-brainer. And it's such an upgrade versus the current situation. Like I said last week at Amelia Island, the fact that you could have two terrific brands like Florida State and Virginia Tech – 
and the Knowles never go to Blacksburg for a span of 10 plus years. Crazy. Is inexcusable. Well, and when it's inexcusable they've... for the fans, mm -hmm. the players, <clears throat> and your television partner. It's a game you'd want to watch. And it's just as inexcusable as when Dave Clawson sat there and told us last week he's never coached against Miami. Right. Even though they were scheduled in 2020, right, but, but COVID got them. That still would have been eight years. Right. I mean, that, that combination does not work. Doesn't. And, and and this goes back to expansion where, hey, you, you lost that routine. I really, quite frankly, I said this 100 times. The Big 12 actually had it right. Absolutely. Where they had t 10's the perfect number because 10 means in football, everybody plays everybody. In hoops, you come to my house, I go to yours. Once you get past 10, it gets a little dicey. You get now to 14 or 16 teams in a league. <clears throat> You go into pod system. Now you may not see somebody right? and all that great stuff. But I like the 355. I do. I, a lot. You know, and, and look, you can call it crazy, okay? And he comes on, and we have a lot of fun with Josh Pastner, all right? And I'm just going to go off on this one little branch here real quick. But Josh Pastner talking about playing 28 conference basketball games, you want to ensure double-figure teams in the NCAA tournament every year, play 28 conference games. Because I'm telling you, the chances with the RPI and the strength of schedule and all the metrics that get used, you got a good chance of double-figure teams. Now, it's a, it'll never happen, okay? It's just not going to happen. There are way too many MTEs, non-conference games, all that stuff. But it's not crazy. Pac, you know that. We talked about it. It's not crazy when you think about the – it's out of this world. It'll never happen. But when you sit back and think about it and the end game being the NCAA basketball tournament – in that world, I get it. I get it. We're not going to twenty eight. No, we're I, not. I, I, but I, I, we had to, I had to laugh at Josh last week. But I did too. But when you step back and go, wait a second, if the end game is to get as many teams as possible into the tournament, why not play conference games dominant over your schedule? I, I just think this, and I like to come at this from a consumer standpoint, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to administrator, broadcaster, right? What I, I like coming, hey, I'm on the couch with everybody else. That's where I am. Yeah. I'm on game. You are. Um, I want to see games that I care about. That's it. And, and so if you're telling me, whether we're talking about football or basketball, and since you brought up Josh Pastor, we'll just go hoops for a brief second here. Yeah. I would much rather see an ACC game, mm -hmm. then I would rather see you pick one. NC State playing. Mississippi State. UNC Asheville. UNC. Oh, basketball, yeah. I'm talking about hoops now. Yeah, right? you're and, right. And no knock on UNC Asheville or anybody else, Furman or what, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh -huh. But I would much rather see NC State play Duke home and home. Virginia yeah. home and home. Pitt home and home. BC home and home. That's what I'm saying. As a fan now. Start I'm not, looking. I'm not talking about as an administrator goes pack. That's fantasy land. I get it. But as a fan, you know what? When you start sitting there going, hey, season ticket renewals are up. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there going, all right, I got some disposable income. How am I going to spend it? Right. Hey, you give me a home schedule that I go, hey, I can't wait to go to all these games. That's As a fan, that's what I want. Yep. I agree. And it's why it'll never happen. But it's not crazy. It's not as crazy as it sounds. When we come back, more on this scheduling component, your tweets and your calls at 844-SAY-ACCN. Uh, more from the commissioner. He also touched on NIL last week. We'll offer that clip for you as well. But which three do you want for your team to see in the 355 model? Back after this on ACCN. Packer and Durham.
Packer and Durham. It is a Tuesday. Your lucky number is 629. 629. Your lucky numbers today. Number for the program is 844-SAY-ACCN. 844-SAY-ACCN. Uh, more tweets coming up in just a second. We want to take Bob here from South Carolina. If you're in the mood, go Bob, ahead. Uh, Bob calls this morning. He's got a thought on scheduling. Bob, good morning. Uh, first of all, I just want to say it's great. I love your show. I've been watching you guys since you came on the air. And uh, also, my scheduling thing is I keep the divisions. I love the division aspect of it, but get, a, get rid of the permanent crossover. Hmm. It's like the so uh, rotate, uh, rotate it. Yeah, like for instance, Clemson every year has to, or they play Georgia Tech. Get rid of that instead of playing Georgia Tech every play two new guys from the coastal every year. And every four years, right. you would end up playing everybody. But, yeah, it would more like three and a half. But you would still get everybody every four years. Hmm. That's probably one of the 60-some-odd that were kicked around by Dan Radakovich and company. I, there's no question. Um, Bob, thank you. I, I will say this. I have When we worked together at Georgia Tech, Dan and I sat in a room one time and whiteboarded schedules, Right. Just because no wonder why you love schedules. I love schedules. It is I, – I mean, I truly am fascinated by the logistics of it and how it works. Like yesterday, Virginia and Tennessee announcing they're going to play in 23 at Nissan Stadium. Open the I can get my arms around that. You know why? It's next year. That's it. You don't want to see 2034. Oh. Hey, we're going to hook up in uh, Knoxville. What was that one that was announced a couple weeks ago for 35? Yeah, there's a, I've already seen a bunch for 34, 35. I remember when Carolina was going to play Colorado one time. That game never happened. No, Virginia, Tennessee, the only thing that would be better would be home and home. No question. For, for me, again, I'm right. on the couch, right? But I, I love the fact that they're going to play. I, You know, this has got a chance. I mean, that's the thing. And here's, here's why it's got a chance. Because the limitations – and, Bob, I'm with you on divisions. In fact, I think Pat Narduzzi's in your camp. Mac Brown's in your camp. Dabo. Dabo so Sweeney doesn't care. doesn't care, but I think he would lean to divisions at times. Well, it sounded like when we left town last week in Mary Island, the whole division concept. And again, we were not in the room, so but we could we talked to everybody. Although we could have we could have helped in the room. I don't know I if we could have helped, but I, I, helped. I got a sense that all the people we talked to, we got a pretty good handle on what the room sounded like. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that one wasn't as clear cut as some of this other stuff. Right. There, there were some people going, well, the division. You know, hey, we're still playing for something. Even if you don't win. The ACC title, you can say, hey, we won our division. Like what Pat went through, and, and he talked about it uh, with the all-ACC crew, all right? And, uh, but Dabo was kind of all over the place. He's like, hey, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Just line them up, let's knock them down. Hmm. But, you know, I, I'd be kind of curious to see where the division part goes. But I do think the three-five-five is a no-brainer. Yeah, the other thing that did come out of this conversation last week is something that Mark has talked about quite a bit in relationship to NIL and the portal and that is the education aspect of this um, because the staggering statistics that came out a couple of weeks ago about the percentage of kids not landing anywhere in the portal, uh, it shocked a lot of people. 70%. Right. From August 19 to July 21st, 70% of all student athletes that went, I'm going to jump in the portal, ended up not only not finding mm-hmm. a home, but they yeah. lost their scholarship to get a free, let me emphasize, free education. Yeah. That's um, a problem. And now Jim Phillips uh, weighed in on name, image, and likeness and the valuing of education along the way last week with us. This is not employee-employer relationship. 
It isn't. Flat out. It just isn't. Um, and I know how our ACC presidents and chancellors feel. And if we go in that direction, then, then I think everyone's got to kind of, you know, focus on what they want to do. But, but this idea that, that it's a transactional kind of arrangement is, is, is just wrong. The other piece, the second part of what you, what you indicated, the name, image, and likeness, I think it was, I think it was um, striking to hear what the Board of Governors came out with on Monday. And, and I, I, I've, I very much value the work that they've done. They've been terrific. And we have a superstar on that group with Randy Woodson from North Carolina State. Um, but they said specifically, we're gonna follow the most egregious areas within NIL um, and we're asking the NCAA enforcement staff to move forward on that. And that, that to me says an awful lot, not all NIL deals, but the most egregious because it is so populated the system already. Right. Um, and certainly um, we don't wanna break laws and rules and legislation that's out there. Uh, but, but it is something that I don't think we're going to have national legislation, which we really need if we're gonna have level playing field and if we're gonna have national competition you have to have some rules of engagement. We've, that's been the history of college athletics. We may not always agree with the rules. Sometimes folks break the rules and we hold them accountable, but not to have rules in that space really hurts college athletics. All right, so the commissioner echoes the thoughts of many about those guidelines that were set up about nine days ago, right? Uh, all of that, take that into account. We did that interview last Thursday, right? Uh, now take into account where this all stands with the tweet yesterday from Brian Fisher. Brian Fisher works with our friend Matt Brown on that Extra Points project and the Going For Two podcast and things of that nature. Uh, Brian tweeting out yesterday that despite several active investigations, including one into a noteworthy collective, not a single school has reported violations of the NIL interim policy to NCAA enforcement or various Power Five compliance offices since it went into effect on July 1. Now, he cites sources on that. That's no shock. Wes, <laughs> if a bunch of guys robbed a bank yeah, and, have they been, tell you? <laughs> and, and have been doing it over and over and over, mm -hmm. they've accumulated tons of dollars, everything else. Do you think any of them would go to the police and say, hey, psst, officer, come here. Let me, let me talk to you a second. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. I've been robbing banks for the last five years. Every week, I've got tens of millions of dollars. You want to do something about it? What school is going to tell the NCAA, hey, you're right, we just bought a recruiting class. Right. We just spent tens of millions of dollars and have a top five recruiting there's nobody going right. to say that. Correct. Ever. Let me emphasize. Ever. Right. So, hey, this is why I said last week, NCAA, all that literature, all that lawyerese you spewed sounds great. But can you walk the walk? Mm -hmm. Your enforcement staff is going to have to actually go to work. And good luck doing that without subpoena power. I, again, because unless a bank robber walks up to you and says, hey, cuff me, I'm good. Right. I've been robbing you guys blind. Yep. It's not going to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, I, so NCAA, tag, you're it. Name, image, and likeness has been in place since July 1st, 2021. 
Oregon, I saw the other day, said that we've had 700 name, image, and likeness deals. Our student athletes generated over $2 million. Awesome. I'm pro NIL. There's a difference between a name, image, and likeness deal versus an inducement that we're going to go buy you to come play for our school. Those are two separate deals. Yeah, they are. NCAA, that's up to you to figure out. That's it. Tag, you're it. Um, here is the commissioner as well on that one part we just talked about. The educational aspect of this and the process by which young people are walking off on uh, scholarship opportunities to graduate. We've gone from focusing on education to the entertainment piece of the thing. And there, there has to be a recorrection back to the center of this where you can marry, marry sport and education. No one wants to pay attention to the numbers. 98% plus aren't gonna play professional sports. We wanna focus on the minority group per se as far as the 2% or 1% of those that can play sport. And we want them to, to, to go on to play major league professional sports in whatever that area. So we're not interested in, in inhibiting anyone from pursuing those dreams. The future of college athletics needs to and must be tethered to education, graduation, and the opportunity for young people to change their life based on what you just described, academics. Last couple of years, that I've always thought the NIL deal should be tied into getting your degree. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're making 10 million or $10, whatever it is, you don't get it until you walk across that stage, stake, shake the president's hand and say, thank you very much. I mean, I don't know why that whole thing, again, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but you would think some lawyers could figure that part of it out. Yeah. And if you want to leave early to go to the pros, go for it. Yep. Nobody's stopping you. Mm -hmm. Knock yourself out. And if you want to come back and get your degree, I mean, Stephen Curry, right? Guys made great story. Hundreds of millions of dollars, mm -hmm. right? He just signed a two hundred and some odd million dollar deal with Golden State. You know what he did over the weekend? He graduated from Davidson College, thirteen years ago. Thirteen years. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So again, I, I you know, we talked to the commissioner about this last week. I don't hear the word education ever mentioned when we mm -hmm. start talking about name, image, and likeness transfer. It's almost as if that's been put on the back burner, and that can't be any further from the real world. You've yeah. got to get a degree. No, you're right. It's, uh, it is fascinating for sure. When we come back, uh, sneak peek into tonight's All Access, by the way. We'll look at uh, Makala Edenfield uh, from Florida State. And also, uh, we get more into this scheduling dynamic. We've got a lot of tweets, a lot of phone calls. We'll get all that and more. We roll on a Tuesday on ACC Network. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Florida State, two seed. Virginia Tech, a three seed. Clemson's yep. a 10 seed. Duke's a 12 seed. Throw in Georgia Tech making their first uh, NCAA tournament appearance in softball since 2012. Notre Dame jumps on Northwestern. Six ACC teams getting ready to get cranked up beginning, I believe, Friday. Yeah. For the NCAA tournament. Uh, we're going to get to more of your phone calls here in just a moment on uh, scheduling as well. Melanie Welch joins us about 8.30. She plays women's lacrosse at Boston College. And, of course, they're in the quarterfinals. So we'll talk to Melanie. Looking forward to that. Um, more social reaction on your uh, scheduling as well. Carlos in Kentucky on NIL, however, uh, out of this break. Carlos, good morning. Good morning, guys, and thank you for taking my call. Great subject. 
And I've been talking to different talk show hosts here in the area in regards to the same issue. And to me, and this, I know what I'm about to say is going to really anger some people. But to me, the NCAA has to take some of the responsibility for name, image, and lighting even existing simply because of the fact, if you look at the numbers, the billions and billions of dollars that the NCAA and the colleges have made off of these kids. And then sometimes, and I know the first thing people are going to say is, you got to look at the fact that they get an opportunity to get a free education. Yeah, okay, let's look at they do get an opportunity to get a free education. However, you also have to look at it like this. In certain circumstances, these kids can't get a job. Uh, they, it's a situation where they can't go outside of that scholarship to earn money. And when you look at the billions of dollars that the NCAA is bringing in off of these kids, somehow, some way, it has to be governed and regulated. And when I say governed and regulated, I say, okay, if you leave a school in a transporter, uh, you have to stay at that school at least one year. Or if you sign as, as uh, right out of high school, you have to stay there at least one year in order for that name, image, and like whatever it is that you're getting paid, you, you can't get it until that year is over with. Then by that time period, to me, you're dealing with kids, they may change their mind in regards to transferring. They may want to stay at that school because of the fact that they found out that they enjoy what they're doing there. And if you enjoy what you're doing, then you're going to stay there. There's an opportunity for you to make some money on the side at the same time. But somehow, some way, the NCAA has to come up with some type of guidelines governing this. And I understand what a lot of the board of directors are talking about. Um, they, there's even talk about the Power Five leaving the NCAA, forming their own institute. But when you're dealing with the federal government, it doesn't make any difference where you go, who's doing what, when, and where. They're going to control the whole kit and caboodle at the end. All right. Thanks, Carlos. Sounds great. But you know what? The NCAA had a chance to do just exactly that. And guess what they did? Stood back. Failed mm -hmm. miserably. Uh, Carlos, what you're saying makes a ton of sense. Problem is, the guys in charge didn't get the job done. And the reason the NCAA stepped back is because they thought somebody would take care of it for them. Well, the, and then they, when they got to the Austin case, they got nine nothing butt whipped on and, the Supreme Court. And that was the NCAA wanting to push the envelope mm -hmm. and then got woodshedded by the Supreme Court. And that just changed everything. I, I don't know if you can force any student athlete to do anything in this day and age legally. Uh, I would say you probably can't. Um, I mean, I, I get where he's coming from, but, but that's not necessarily the real world in a sense. So, And don't forget, too, that part of the reason you got to remember these are two separate rails. How many times did we talk about that last week, gosh, right? Gosh. Name, image, and likeness is one rail. The portal is another. We're getting them too confused. We, we think they're one. They're not. Sometimes they are. Yeah. But, but they're really two separate issues. Right. The portal situation became a paperwork problem for the NCAA. That's how the portal developed because here's the thing. They got tired of feeling appeal papers all the time. I mean, you had nearly 400 football players in FBS and Division One file transfer appeals in one year, and the NCAA couldn't handle it. That's what happened there. They just ran out of mechanism. They, well, we can't, you know, we can't have John over here doing the paperwork for the membership. By the way, go back and listen to how many times that reference gets used. we got to do this for the membership. No, you failed the membership. 
you know, now again, David Warlock, Dan Gavitt, I'm not indicting everybody. Okay. That's, I don't want that mistake made. No, right? the NCAA does really some good work. Yeah, Dan Gavitt and David Warlock, tremendous people. They do a lot of things. But they have failed the membership yeah. when it comes to advancing thought on the world we're living in in college athletics. I've told you before, I think as far as conducting conducting a championship, no question. I think the NCAA does a fabulous job. Yeah. I mean, not not good, great job. Yeah. Uh, from that, Do they make mistakes? Yeah, everybody does. But um, but in, as a whole, I mean, yeah. you go to Omaha, you go to the Final Four, Oh, goodness gracious, those events are incredible, and yeah. they do a tremendous job. Unfortunately, when it comes to these particular issues, which are now front and center, they failed miserably. And, you know, here's Mark Everett making over $3 million a year. you got to be better. And, uh, unfortunately, yep. it didn't work out. And he's yep. going to step down between now and June of next year. And what the NCAA turns into, I have no idea. I- Jim Phillips, again, one of the best uh, visionaries and leaders in College athletics is part of that transformation committee that's trying to figure out what's the next step. And maybe the Power Five take their ball and move and say, guess right. what? We're going to do our own deal. I mean, Gene Smith's talked about that. Uh, that's why we're, we really have a front row seat to really as interesting a time as there's ever been in the history of college sports is taking place literally right now. Yeah, You said that nine months ago, I and did. it has rung true since. It's absolutely spot on. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get more of your calls on scheduling coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. In fact, we're going to do it top of the hour. So if you're interested, 844-SAY-ACCN, I know we got people holding. I want to run a couple of the social media things. Now, here's the plan. What three do you want your school to play in the new 355 model? Permanently. Yeah. These are your permanent opponents every year. What three? Uh, at Hurricane in WS says, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and Clemson – for Miami, provided Notre Dame doesn't join in football. <laughs> okay, so you'll swap one of those three for Notre Dame if Notre Dame joins in football. Well, what do I always tell you? The biggest word in sports is if. if. Yeah. I-F. It's the biggest word in sports. Right. If Notre Dame joins. We're, yeah. we're, we can't play the if game here. Notre yeah. Dame right now currently is not a member, so okay. you'll maybe get them as a non-conference opponent on a semi-rotation basis, but you got to pick your three. I'm not sure you're getting those three, by the way. They'd be terrific games, though. Oh and I said God. yesterday, when you do this principle, when you go through this process for trying to figure out your three, keep in mind, yeah. are you a player? I mean, are you legitimately, not the pom-pom waving, mm-hmm. we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm talking about you got to take a step back and go, hey, Five years from now, we're putting together television packages. Are you? Is your? Well, this team, is not a twenty-three thing. This is a thirty-three thing. That's kind of where that's yeah. kind of where I'm thinking with it. That's yeah. how you got to think about this. Yeah, are we going to be a factor? Are we a player? Are we committed from a financial standpoint, facilities, coaching, right. the whole routine? Do we expect to be a player in the league? If the answer is yes, then answer accordingly. Yeah. Right. Because that's going to be the key here. All right, BC football fan says Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Miami. Um, the only issue I have, I think Pitt's more of a natural rival. For BC? For BC. Well, they play Syracuse quite a bit. The Lambert Trophy's involved in that. I get deal. that. I'm not prob- I don't have a problem with Syracuse. I think, I, I'm going to say this. I think at BC football fans is right on two of them. I think I think that Syracuse is in, and I think Virginia Tech is definitely in. Those are the two I would believe that end up in the BC card. We'll see. The third will be a rotator. Third we'll will see. be somebody off the grid, if you will. All right, eight o'clock hour. More of this. More of your phone calls. Melanie Welch of uh, Boston College Women's Lacrosse at the bottom of the hour. 
and this is a good topic. We're having some fun with this, and I uh, hope you'll join in on us. Hour two, Tuesday's Packer and Durham. The Italian countdown is in full effect, by the way, in case you're curious over here to my right. Back after this. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.